One, two, three. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. All right. Well, you can head on over there. Amen. Okay. So, let me see. I got to check something. Okay. Yeah, I better. I'm looking at my um, camera. So if I could stay in frame because we shorthanded tonight. But if I could just, I got a lot of frame to work with. So I'll just stay in frame. <laughs> so I have to relax myself. Not be so excited. Hey. Jumping all over everywhere. <laughs> okay. Oh. We got a last-minute uh, recruitment. You, you been, that's what happens over here. You get recruited. <laughs> yeah, amen. Praise God. We got a last-minute recruitment. Amen. Oh, yeah. Right now, it's good, but you can zoom in a little bit. Yeah, let's see. You just zoom in a little bit. Oh, that, that went out. There, okay. That's good. Back out a little bit? Just a tad? Oh, okay. The other way. <laughs> Fine. Is it backing out a little bit? Or Okay. A little bit. I think that's good. Yeah, perfect. So, there you go. So when you do it, <clears throat> amen. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, y'all good? All right. See, man, but look at that. I appreciate that. Over here, man, this is word of life. People say, I'll do it, Pastor. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll get in there and do it. We all will help, you know, and because it still has to go forth, right? The word of God has to go forth. The word don't stop, Amen. you know, anything like that. Uh, Pastor Dean, let me toss this over there for you. Thanks. All right. Well, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing us, blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Church said amen. Praise amen. God. Amen. All right. Well, um, look at your neighbor. Say, get your Bible out. Amen. And they might be at home right now. Tell them, get your Bible out at home. You know, just because you're at home, don't mean you say, I don't need the Bible because I'm at home. Yeah, you still need the Bible. Amen. I think we could see you at home if you don't get that Bible out. Amen. Praise God. Well, uh, it's Wednesday night. We're always preaching on faith. And now we're in those times. We really got to be um, adamant about what we're doing in terms of in the kingdom. And you see things moving fast for our church. You guys have you know, how, did you guys enjoy Sunday? I mean, wasn't that powerful? Amen. Was that powerful going over there, seeing that building? And you see now, if you did not know God was real, you know now. 
Amen. Right. If you didn't know already, you surely know. Now, if you didn't know that word of life was important to God. Then you surely know now. Amen. And and that's that's just really the the tip of the iceberg. It's just really getting started. And we're just excited that we could see God do what only God can do. Amen. Did I already pray? I didn't pray. I did. I did. Okay. He said no. He said yeah. Pray for people. Well, let's just Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray again in the name of Jesus for the word that's going to go forth. It's going forth with power. It's going forth filled with the anointing and the enemy can't stop it. And it's going to bring forth an abundant amount of fruit in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. Well, uh, I want to preach this message tonight entitled Victorious Living, Victorious Living. And this is something that we should have in our minds as Christians, like as an expectation. We want to expect to walk in victory. Amen. We want to expect that when we get up in the morning, we're going to win. Amen. I mean, we had a, a, enough losing days when we didn't have Jesus. Amen. I mean, I know I had a lot of days of just stuff going wrong and not working out for me when I didn't have Jesus. But now that I have Jesus, I'm not going to waste any of my days living in defeat. Because why? Why would I live in defeat when the devil who is my adversary has already been conquered? And so I'm not going to give him the pleasure. Now, when I was not saved, I deserved to live in defeat. When I was not saved, I deserved, come on, how many of y'all remember when everything would go wrong? It seemed like, and it would go wrong at the wrong time. You're like, man, I already don't have no money. So how am I supposed to fix this car? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, some of y'all ain't been, how many of y'all been there when you was running on them bald tires? Hey, Amen. Can I get anybody up in here with the, t- you know, you want to talk about no tire rotation? You say, no, no, keep the, keep the bald one on the back. <laughs> hey, but we don't have to live like that anymore. Amen. But now we can walk in the blessing. And so 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. let's look over there. And so he says, but thanks be to God. So that's what you ought to start out with. Just say, man, thank you, Lord. And, you know, I think it's good. It's not that you're harping on the past, but I think you need to always be mindful of where you come from. I think you always you got to always be mindful of man. Now, my I got to make a. Make sure I emphasize this. This is not that we're going to magnify our problems and we're just going to always stay in that place of, oh, you know, I used to be having it so terrible. Not that it's but in your mind, you're always remembering. I remember when such and such. But then guess what else I remember when God came in? I remember when God came through for me and he lifted me up out of that low place out of that place of hope, hopelessness, out of that place of despair. I remember when God lifted me up. And if you are a person that does that, then you're always going to be thankful. You're always going to give thanks unto God. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So what does the scripture mean when it says thanks be to God, which gives us the victory? It doesn't say he empowers us to earn it. He gives it. 
Amen. So that means he is giving us something that he already has. And it's not that I earned this victory. No, I received it. Amen. And that's one of the hardest things to do in the body of Christ is just receive it. Just receive favor, receive increase, receive all the things that God has for you and just accept the fact that he did this and I didn't do it, but I chose to receive it. Amen. And it all comes through Jesus Christ. Now go over here to Second uh, Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14. And so he says, now thanks be unto God, which always, what does always mean? Well, what about when, you know, the odds are against you? What about when it seems like you, you know, none of your friends are on your side, none of your family's on your side. It seems like you're the only one that sees something. Well, the word of God says, now thanks be to God, which always causes. And so this word causes, that means makes. He makes you triumph. And so when you understand this, you're like, God is making me win even when I don't want to win. Oh, come on. God is making me win even... Y'all be honest with yourself. Sometimes you be in those places where you don't you say, I'm not feeling it, man. I ain't feeling victorious. Come on, you don't want to hear nobody talking about praise the Lord. Oh man, this ain't this, this ain't one of them days for me. And then you're already girding up for the bad. You're already bracing yourself. And then God comes in there. And still gives you favor. Oh, come on, somebody. And still, to, you was just ready to be complaining and ready to have a bad day. And then all of a sudden, God still comes in there. Now, that causes you to triumph. You know, I was going to lose today. But God made me win. Oh, come on, y'all. See, when, you, when we start talking like this, this is different because people will say, well, but you just don't understand. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. But God always. So that means he's going to make me win. And now if he makes you win, you might get used to winning. What if you caught a revelation of God ain't going to let me lose no more? That's different. Huh? It's going to be hard to... Uh, Get your self-help groups to grow. You know, they, they got a group for everything these days. But if people caught a revelation of God is making me win. And so I, I ain't depressed no more because he makes me win. I, man, I call myself having a pity party and he messed around and turned it into a praise-a-thon. Yes, Start praising God and you wasn't even planning on praising God. Amen. See, this is what God does. Now, thanks be to God, which causes us, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Now, the key is in Christ. Ain't no other way to do this. Amen. Now, the, the thing about this is the only way you can be in Christ. Y'all ready for this? The only way you can be in Christ is you got to be out of you. Right. Oh, come on. Yes. You can't be in you and in Christ. Amen. And so when you're in you then now you're just opening yourself up for whatever the enemy has to throw at you. But when you're in Christ, then now you're always winning. And so he always causes us to triumph in Christ and make 
and maketh manifest the savior of his knowledge by us. And so what he's doing is using us as a commercial. That's what God is doing. He said, I'm going to make you win because I need these people to see it. And you know what? When people see God, the manifestation of God's power on your life, they're not going to applaud you. They're going to say, well, there's something different about him. There's something different about her. And that's why God causes us to win, because we have to be good witnesses. We have to be witnesses. Do you know that people should see something on you that compels them to want to do what you're doing? They ought to see something on you. There's something on you, man. There's a, oh, man, it just seems like you're always positive. You ever been accused of being positive? You just, and you say, oh, it's a big mindset. No. <laughs> hey, you want to get, you want to be accused of that. <laughs> you want to be accused of being positive, man. I'm telling you, that's a goal. You ought to be like, man, that's one thing about you. You're always positive. You're always turning, looking at the bright side. Dang, we can't never get you to look at the dark side of being negative. You know, misery loves company, right? Well, it all not want you around. We just say that black cloud ain't going to last if I keep hanging out with you because we're going to call for some victory to come up in this place. Amen. And so now he's using us to be this witness. But this is who God is using. God is using people that have experienced him, not people that know of him. I know for me, when I wasn't saved, Hearing somebody talk about this saved life and all that didn't really appeal to me because it was just, you know, they were just talking about it. But when you experience it for yourself, then now all of a sudden everything changes. And so now God can use you as a witness because you've experienced what he's done. And so when you experience victory in your life, over opposition, how many of you had some challenges and, and you got the victory over it? Amen. And now you can look back in your life and you can say, yeah, Amen. I got the victory over that. You know, God came through for me and, and man. And so now when you experience victory in your life over opposition, it changes your perspective. Amen. So now, but if you never experienced any victory, then your perspective will never be changed. But if you experienced it, then now to change your perspective, and now you won't see obstacles. You'll see opportunity. See, I'm, I'm learning more about this. I'm learning like, oh, this is good. See, when what the enemy does is, the enemy is, uh, what you want to call it? I mean, we know he's a liar and all that type of stuff. But you guys, he's a bluffer. You guys know like uh, people you know, play poker or whatever it is. They, some of these people bluff, you know, they make it like they got all this and they don't. Well, the enemy is a good bluffer and he's always like, you know, he's the one that, you know, if we were growing up and you had that one kid that was the instigator, you know, talk the most mess and trying to get other people doing something, but somebody flinches at him, he's gone. He ran home. Well, that's the enemy. So he's always bluffing. He's always throwing stuff out at you and trying to get you to react because he actually needs you to defeat yourself because 
Jesus already gave you the victory, so he can't take away what Jesus gave. So he needs you to defeat yourself. And so, but if you experience that, you notice I got the victory. Now you allow God to change your perspective. And now when you are faced with a challenge, I'm telling you tonight and maybe at home, challenges are not bad. Come on, church. Challenges are not bad. Sometimes people say, man, I just don't feel like dealing with this. But, you know, God uses challenges to build strength and character in you. And then now it's going to cause you to level up. And so now you've been experiencing God's victory. And so now you don't see obstacles. You see opportunity. You say, oh, no, I'm I'm just going to step right on top of this. And this right here that was supposed to take me down and steal my hope and steal my joy. This right here is a platform for me. And now I'm leveling up. But now you've got to allow God to change your perspective because if your perspective is not changed, you'll be forever stuck in that. Woe is me. Has this never worked for me, but maybe some of y'all it worked for you, but has complaining ever changed anything for you? Seemed like it don't work for me. Complaining doesn't change anything. And so now when I experience this victory and God's given it to me now, we could walk with this kind of power where we don't see obstacles, we see opportunity. And then here's another thing, you won't see delays or denials. There have been so many times, man, in, in my life and even in the life of this ministry where people have said no. And you can't and no and this. But God turned it around. Amen. God turned it around. And so now my perspective has changed so much that I'm just, I speak pretty bold. If you guys are around me, you'll hear me say some stuff and it's like, dang. But I say it because my perspective has changed. I've come to the uh, realization that I can't be defeated because God is on my side. I've come to that realization that word of life can't be defeated because God is on our side. It doesn't matter what things look like. And so you won't see delays or denials the things that people say oh it's not possible i say oh no god's got it god is on this and so if i know that then now i have this confidence now i'll stay focused and so you won't see delays or denials you'll see destiny and you'll start talking about i'm destined for greatness how many of you ever said that come on you ought to say that about yourself i'm destined for greatness i man Glory to God. I know I'm up in here to win because I'm destined for greatness. What? How many church people, you know, speaking about themselves like that? You know, we need to get out of, oh, help me, Jesus. No, Jesus said, I already helped you. You want to know how I helped you? Go watch the passion of the Christ. That lets you know how much I helped you. Now, I need you to step your game up and walk in power. Walk in victory in the, in the earth. And so we'll see that. And now you will expect to win. How many of y'all expect to win? Amen. One thing when you say, you know, if I win, you know, there, there's one thing that, that you used to say, and I, I believe it's a lie. I don't think it's the truth. It says, it's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. 
Ain't nobody up in here playing to lose. Come on, somebody. Think about it. You, try to say that to the team who just lost the championship. You see grown men shedding tears. Well, if it's not whether you win or lose, but how you play the game, how come they all crying? Because it does matter. Man, we work too hard to lose. Amen. And now in this life that we're in, the stakes are higher because this is our eternity and this is spiritual warfare. And so we surely can't get comfortable losing and accepting less than God's best. You know, the devil will give you as much of what you allow him to give you. If you keep taking it, he'll keep dishing it out and he'll keep dumping it on you and he'll just and he ain't never going to run out. But you can't be one that is accepting that stuff and saying, oh, you know, and so I don't accept it. I speak, you know, it doesn't I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just like right now. This is Wednesday night. You know, we already have a challenge on Wednesday nights. Just, you know, uh People's work schedules or trying to, you know, get people to come to church. And it's already a challenge. We even, you know, we have a greater challenge tonight. We have, you know, even more people not able to make it. But what's that got to do with me? I'm on assignment. And I'm going to release the word with power. Because I know that the word is what brings us into those next levels. It brings us into those higher places. And so we'll be able to celebrate in a greater capacity because we stay committed to the word. Amen. And we, we don't back down off of it. We're going to keep preaching no matter what. And we're going to expect God to show up. And so if I know God is with me, then I will expect to win in every situation that I encounter. So anything you're in, if you could just think for a second, hold on. Who's with me? God says me. Then he's going to say, who else you need? You looking for somebody else? You want to call somebody else? No, you ought to be able to say, no, I'm good. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to take it on. And I'm expecting to win. Go to Romans now. Romans 8, 28 through 32. Romans 8, 28 through 32. And we know that all things, what's all things mean? So... What if it's what if that's what's like a bad economy or if it's, uh, you know, sickness going around or it's. uh, No, or like us, there are no church buildings available, you know, any of that type of stuff doesn't matter. And we know that all things work together for good. Now, you know, what's so powerful about God and we will kind of touch it in this message. God's timing is beautiful. So sometimes you want something just like us. We wanted to move a long time ago. But how I many know oh, the place that was carved out for us wasn't ready yet. Amen. And so you know what would have been messed up, man, if we were not in tune with God and listening and we ended up in some spot. But then just a little while longer, Something beautiful like we got was coming available. Well, if you could trust God, you don't have to be anxious. You say, oh, that's going to work out. I ain't got to rush into nothing. Why are you rushing into stuff? Because you think you're running out of time? How can you run out of time when your God is above time? I ain't got to rush to 
rush to take this job, rush to get this house, rush to marry this person. I ain't got to rush to do nothing. Because God is working all things, y'all in here with me, together for my good. But look at the way that we always go to the scripture, not always, but a lot. But you, it's, I love the word because you can't exhaust it. You can't get all the revelation out of one scripture by reading it one time. You're going to read it again, then God's going to say, there's another layer. There's another, and you're like, dang. Well, Lord, how deep is this thing going? You're not able to measure it. You just need to position yourself to receive it. And we know that all things work together. So what does that mean? He's working. So you might have something happen over here and you don't see it like that. But this right here is working. And then all of a sudden, God will have people who don't know each other actually working together to benefit you. And then now you won't even know people. It's just like I'm I'm keep on testifying about our our church thing. That's this thing is these people are working for us. People we never met. I mean, they're doing stuff. We have such favor. The property management is is sliding stuff in and getting stuff built under, you know, all for us. It's just favor that just you don't get. Unless you belong to God. See, when you belong to God, no sweat. Don't worry about it. It's going to work out and it's going to be better than you thought. We know all things work together for good to them that love God. So that's that's what you got to do to qualify, right? See, some some people say, I know God's got it. But then you might have to ask him, well, do you love him? Well, what do you mean? I know God loves me. I ain't asked you that. Do you love him? And then even God will say, well, if you love me, keep my commandments. So this is where that obedience comes in. But he says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to whose purpose. That's why you can't be running off doing stuff. Well, I want to go here. I want to go there. That's your purpose and not his. So if it's your purpose, he ain't got to work it out. But if it's his purpose, say, Lord, you want me to do this? Okay. Well, if you want me to do it, then that means you're going to work everything out. But if I jump out there and do it, then now it's going to be a struggle. One of the greatest things you can learn is to submit your life to God and say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And that's on everything. And next verse. For whom he did foreknow. And so this is what's awesome about this is God already knew you. God already knew everything about you. Listen, you are not. uh, You know, nobody is going and introducing you to God. A lot of times we we kind of refer back to getting saved. It's like, yeah, well, you know, that was before I found God. I've you know, you've ever heard people say that. Well, Well, he found God now. Well, the thing about that is God was never lost. And so you didn't have to find God. And just because we might help someone receive Jesus as Lord. That person is not new to God. God already knew them. As a matter of fact, God is the one that set that whole thing up to send you over there to talk to him about him to bring that connection. 
But this is not like God has said, oh, nice to meet you. He's already been knowing them. And so for whom he did foreknow, he also predestinated. And so he predestined to be, uh, uh, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So this is already preset. And it's just a matter of us surrendering. Moreover, whom he, de- whom he did predestinate, then he also called. And whom he called, then he also justified. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. Next verse. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us. How many of y'all believe that? Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, man, what a confidence that we can have. If God be for us, who can be against us? And so now, how would a person be able to say that? See, you have to be exposed to the goodness of God. And that's why we want to encourage people. Hey, God, you know, God is not just looking to uh, whack you and beat you down because you did wrong. He wants to bless you. But then now, when you experience that, so exposure to God's goodness That's what's happened in my life. I've been exposed to his goodness. I've seen him come through. I've seen him. I mean, I've been exposed to his goodness. And when you are exposed to his goodness, that builds confidence. And so now you start to walk with your head held high. You start to walk with expectations. You start to see yourself be a little more um, outspoken in terms of, you know, what's rightfully yours and things like that. You, you, you know, you'll say stuff like, oh, no, that ain't happening to me in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what I mean? Or you, you'll start laying a hold of what's rightfully yours. Now, when you don't have this confidence, you're like an outsider. So it's like when you first got saved. You know, when you first got saved, you you already knew, like, you didn't even deserve to be in the room. So you're just glad you didn't get, a, you know, you're just glad you didn't get a whooping. You know, you're just kind of like, eh, I don't want to draw too much attention to myself. But after a while, God has you come closer, then you start to realize, well, wait a minute. I'm anointed. And God will say, yes, you are. The enemy say, you can't say that. What do you mean you're anointed? Well, you could have confidence and say, no, I'm, I'm anointed. I'm supposed to win. Well, when you know that, then now things start to work out for you more often because now you are attracting those things to you through your expectation. But when you're not in that position with God, like you're supposed to be, or meaning you've not been exposed to his goodness and allowed him to bring you in like that, then now you're still in that place where I hope everything, you know, turns out okay. And then that's why sometimes when you get to speaking bold around people, they'll say stuff like, well, well, you never know. Never know what can happen. We ought not be living in the never know what can happen. We ought to be living in a, oh, it's going to happen like God said. I know this is working out. I ain't worried about it. Amen. I ain't worried about it. And you could trust him and you can know that can't nobody stop me. Because if they 
In order for them to stop me, they got to stop God. And God is undefeated. And so now there's really nothing that I have to be concerned about. But I've got to have that exposure. I've got to experience the goodness of God. That's why uh, I think it's wonderful when people get close enough to God to trust him and, and to totally rely on him. And then when he gives you uh, situations of life that are too big for you, you know, you ought to count it all joy. Like James says, count it all joy when you go into various tests and trials for the testing of your faith produces patience. Right. And let patience have its perfect work that you will be entire wanting nothing. So you, you ought to say, man, this is oh, this was a challenge, but this is good. I thank God for this challenge because I got a chance to see him do something that I couldn't do. And then every time I see him do something that I couldn't do, what's it going to do for me? Building that confidence. Next thing you know, I'm not going to rely on myself at all. Because, you know, we still, within our nature, the natural uh, nature of a person, you still have some self-reliance in there. You still have some self-reliance like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But when you... Get in some situations that are above your pay grade. Come on, somebody. When you get in some situations that you don't have nothing in your Rolodex to go to to fix it. And then God comes through. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh. Well, next time you're going to be more likely to look to him first. We ought not be looking to God second. We should never look at, you know, let me just exhaust my resources. How about you just save some time? And just go to God first. God, I don't know what to do. I'm not even about to try to figure it out. I'm putting this on you. And then God will be like, well, you know what I do. And you'll see him come through for you time and time and time again. I mean, he's never going to fail you. But it's whether or not you're going to be in that place where you're going to be willing to say here. Right away. I do that with everything. I mean, I just talk to God and I just. Well, Lord, I don't know what to do right here. So I'm just, you know, show me what. And every time he comes through. Then now you come into agreement with God. And this is where your authority starts to kick in, because then God will give you revelation and you'll start speaking with him and in alignment with his will instead of against him. And so you'll start decreeing things instead of hoping. Amen. Amen. And you'll you'll have those things and you'll be able to do that with confidence. And so um, let's look at this Romans 831 in the message translation. So it says, so what do you think with God on our side like this? How can we lose? Wow. And you're going into anything. I'm talking about anything you can face. With God on our side like this. How can we lose? Well, how can like a Christian be nervous and be filled with anxiety and all this type of stuff? They just don't have a revelation of the fact that God is on their side. And if they can come to that place in their lives where they say, God's got me. You know what? You'll get on planes. Come on, you'll go. You'll go in tall buildings Come on, you'll be walking through jungles. Some of you are like, wait, hold on, what? Jungles. If God said it, and you know he got you. Amen. Amen. 
how many know the lion is the king of the jungle, but he ain't the king of heaven. <laughs> the kingdom of God is above that lion. Amen. Amen. Well, if you start to realize this, there's nothing that will slow you down and you won't have any fear or anything. And so now because of this, you'll be willing to step in the fire. Amen. Just like uh, we'll look at Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in a moment, but you'll be willing to step in the fire knowing. Now, get this. A lot of times people don't focus on that. These guys were not afraid. And we say, well, they were just so uh, committed to God that, you know, they weren't they were basically willing to give up their lives because of their allegiance to God. That's one way of looking at it. But they might have had a revelation. They might have had a revelation uh, like uh, the Apostle John had. I can't be killed. Oh, come on, somebody. They might have had a revelation of, well, I can't be killed. Because if God's hand is on my life, ain't nothing anybody can do. Amen? And so they were willing. You want to throw me in the fire? Okay, let's go. When we, we going today? See? That's a lot different than today. People are like, oh, no, not the fire. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Bring it on. What is it? And but they knew they weren't going to be burned. So go to uh, Daniel 317, Daniel 317. So Nebuchadnezzar, we know this, but he made all these threats and all this type of stuff. But this is what they said. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. See that? From this burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Boy, that's confidence. Now, how could they have confidence like that? That's because they've been spending time. They're in fellowship with God. This is not something that you can jump into. You can't be just like, reading your Bible once a month and think you're going to have confidence like this. The reason that you want to be consistent and you want to read your Bible every day and you want to fellowship with God every day is because that's preparing you. And now your confidence is growing so that now when something comes, when a fiery dart comes at you, you've been strengthened. That's why he says in Ephesians chapter six, where you're putting on the full armor of God, where you can hold up that shield of faith. But you can't do that if you're, well, you know, I'm, I haven't been reading my Bible that much because I've been too busy. Let me, let me tell you something about the devil. One of his tactics is to make you too busy for the things of God. Now, if he can make you too busy, then now he has a chance to get a hold of you. And so and that's why you've got to be adamant. You've got to be adamant that I'm going to stick with the things of God. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be dedicated because I'm not going to let the devil busy me so much that all of a sudden my armor was up here. But now he didn't got me so busy. I'm telling you, man, he's, you know, the devil will even try to do that. He's tried to do that on me. He'll try to busy me with the church, the new move, and I got to meet with all these people, but I ain't about to let him busy me so much where this is starting to come down. Oh, well, you know, I didn't have time to get in the word. I didn't have time to get no confessions going. I didn't, 
Nah, man. Don't let him busy you into trouble. Because now he's got access. And so you have to keep things in the right flow. We're going to stay in that position of faith. We're going to keep God where he needs to be. And that way, when the enemy comes at you, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, oh, well, if that's what you got to do, go ahead and do what you got to do. But I'm telling you what's going to happen. Our God is able and he's going to deliver us out of your hand. And you know, the end of the story, they came up out of that fire and they didn't even smell like smoke. How can you be in a situation that's supposed to burn you up and you don't even smell like smoke? That's because if God is for you, who could be against you? Where? Where are they? Where are these people that can come against God? But it's just up to the body of Christ to be in that place where we believe it. And then uh, we have, you know, other examples. But, you know, when you're looking at your life and you're saying, I'm with God. I'm confident. You know, sometimes you might need to just take out some time to meditate that. And remind yourself who you with. Who you with today? I'm with God. Who else you got? I don't need nobody else. Amen. Now you could say, oh, well, I know I got my family. I got that's good. And and praise the Lord for family and everything. But really, you need to be. I'm with God today. Who else you got? I don't need nobody else. Yeah, because now you're going to have a confidence in you and now you'll be walking through this earth. And then now, guess what? If you can trust God like that, you're surely going to obey him. But people don't obey God because they can't trust him. And most of the time they can't trust God is because they haven't had that exposure to his goodness. And so they're still thinking of him being way up there and them way down here. But when you know he's with you, doesn't matter what it is. You're not going to shake. You're not going to waver. You're going to stay right there. And so um, you won't run from giants, you'll run at them. This is a this is a good thing too. You know, you start learning the ways of God. Um, God never has us run away from stuff. He never has us, you know, just avoid it. You know, you got maybe you have people or situations like people that maybe you don't get along with them, or there's some friction or something, and and the the the, the normal way of people is to avoid it, right? You avoid it. Well, I learned that if you don't deal with it, it ain't going away. So you got a problem with a person. I'm just using that as an example. Is a problem with a person or whatever. Well, the tendency is to avoid. I mean, they're called. There they go calling you. And you don't want to take their call. Because you're avoiding them. You're avoiding the confrontation. Well, the best thing to do is deal with it and then let the victory come forth out of it. And so God, he never really lets me avoid situations. If something ain't right, he'll make me call somebody right away. I mean, I'm that person that is only right away. Don't let no time go by. And because I've learned that, you know what? It'll just keep getting worse. And then you just keep, Sweeping stuff under the rug. And guess what? It's just getting more and more dirt. And pretty soon, the thing's going to come out. And so, 
we want to run at stuff. But now you'll do this if you know that God is on your side. Now go to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, 45 and 46. And so uh, you won't run from giants, you'll run at them. The other thing is you won't speak with hope. This is one thing that people do. God is going to change the way you speak. And so you won't speak with hope, you'll speak with confidence. And so speaking with hope is, man, I sure hope this turns out well. I sure hope this, I sure hope that. But speaking with confidence is, no, this is how it's going to work. How do you know? That's what God told me. Well, nobody knows what God is saying if they're not spending time with him. But if you spend time with him, then you're going to know what he said. And now you're going to say, oh, no, this is going to work out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, this or that is good. See, that's not speaking with hope. Well, I hope it. No, no. In the name of Jesus, this is what's going to happen. Because you've been spending time with God and he's given you uh, a legal right to go ahead and say what you're going to say. And so now you won't contemplate bad outcomes. This is also something. You won't contemplate bad, bad outcomes because you'll be convinced that your God is with you. So you won't even speculate it not working the way you want it to work because you'll know that God is with you. And so now we know the story of David. Everybody in that camp was scared and and shaking in their boots and all that. But David, because David had exposure to the goodness of God. So when David was out there keeping the sheep and all that, and it was just him. While his brothers and everybody else is doing whatever they're doing, he's just out there. And and it's kind of like he got assigned the task that nobody wanted. But then now, that's a revelation right there. Sometimes there's victory in the lonely times. I just want to help somebody. Sometimes you're not going to be able to have everybody around you. You know, there's... Uh, a strength. There's a road that God wants you to travel. And there are going to be sometimes you can't go to nobody and talk to them about what you're dealing with. That includes your spouse. You might have a great marriage, but there are going to be some things, man, you on that road and God is working some stuff and you don't have time to share everything. But in that time, you're being fortified. Come on. You're being strengthened. God is building you up. Well, David was out there and he was out there by himself and he didn't have no help. Have you, man, you ever seen God fix a problem that you didn't have nobody to call? You didn't have nobody to get no help on that. And God fixed it. What does that do? telling you, boy, one of the greatest things that's ever happened for me in ministry is learning to depend on God solely when the easy way would have been to try to go get a bailout plan. But then when you learn to depend on God, boy, that's been the greatest thing that could have ever happened to us because God was preparing me early on. To learn to depend on him. When our pastor wasn't, he wasn't giving us nothing, helping us pay nothing. Well, guess what? We were learning to depend on God. And that's why we are in the position we're in today. Because we learned that God is, we got one source. 
And that's God. We don't have another source. It's only God. And I even came to the conclusion, if God don't do it, I don't need it. Uh, And I don't even need to be involved in it if he ain't going to do it. And man, been coming through left and right. And it's just a constant reminder. I don't have to worry about it. But you only get that level of confidence through experiencing his goodness. You've got to acknowledge him coming through for you. And the only way he's going to come through for you is if you give him an opportunity. So you've got to have those challenges where you say, Lord, I'm, I don't have nobody else to call. Amen. See, too, too many of God's people got a bailout plan. They got somebody, they got a, a mama, a daddy, a, a cousin, or somebody they, they can always call. But you got to be where I don't have nobody to call. If it ain't God, it ain't going to happen. But guess what? He shows up. And then now you're going to have confidence and you won't speak with hope. So we're looking at David. He's not speaking with hope. He's speaking with confidence. He's not telling Goliath, well, I hope this happens. I mean, I'm sure hoping that God's got my back. No, he spent time with God and experienced the goodness of God And that convinced him. So to David, Goliath wasn't no different than the lion, than the bear. Like he said, the lion came at me, the bear came at me. I took them out. You're going down too. And he never doubted. And so now they're getting ready to come into this confrontation. But then David says, so this is after Goliath says all the stuff he's going to do. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Stop right there. Man, if you ever said that, if you had some opposition coming your way and you say, you coming at me with this or that, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, boy, they're going to start shaking in their boots. They're going to back up off of you. And we've experienced that, man. We didn't have people threatening us and saying they're going to do this and saying they're going to do that. And we didn't back down. And then people realize, oh, I'm not against, I'm not going against them. I'm going against their God. <sighs> well, if I want their God to leave me alone, I better leave them alone. Come on, somebody. And you start catching that stuff. Boy, you'll see it. People that were supposed to be against you. Back in the park. Oh. Now, all of a sudden, they want to help. You need anything? You need me to do something? Because they know your God is with you. And so um, he says, I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom... Thou hast defied. So he's saying, you didn't defy me. You defied my God. Next verse. This day. So what does that mean? Y'all think this is hopeful speech? You know what I mean? That's not. You you can't say things like, like me in the church. You know, well, I sure hope we move. We'd still be hoping. But when I said we moving. That thing is put in motion. Amen. That thing is put in motion. We move it. Well, guess what? We, we just went and stepped into 
something that didn't exist when that was spoken. But that does not come from hopeful speech. Amen. And so it says, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. Now, it hadn't happened yet, but he said, this is what's going to happen. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. What what is he? This is beyond like hopeful speech or no, man, I'm about to take your head off off of you. (laughs) Wow. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts. So all your army is getting taken out too. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That's why. So that's why you're going to prevail because the whole world needs to know. And once again, you're not going to contemplate bad outcomes. You're not going to gird yourself. Oh, I hope it. Well, you never know. No, no, you're going to know because you have your God. And Psalm 118.6, let's look at that. We're going to close in a minute. But the Lord is on my side. How many of y'all got that in your spirit tonight? The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. And this is a question. What can man do unto me? And the answer is nothing. Man can't do anything to you. Hebrews 13.6, NLT. Let's look at that. Hebrews 13.6, NLT. And he says... um, that God is, is basically still going to be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you, but it, it emphasizes how we can have confidence. So we can say with confidence. So whatever you say, say it with confidence. Don't say it with hope. Say it with confidence. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. You see that? The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. Boy, that devil tries to come at you. You better stop. The Lord is my helper, and I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Man, you get to saying some stuff. You get to, you know, even going over these scriptures and stuff. Boy, you're going to have a confidence, man. You're going to be kind of cocky in the spirit. Amen. That's all right. It's all right to be like that. Amen. To, to where the devil knows. Oh, this, who, okay. He, he ain't going to say who is he think he is. He's going to say, Oh, I think they know something. <laughs> I think they know something. So we might need to leave them alone. This is how this works. And let's close right here. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 in the NLT. It says, so don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. So stop right there. Don't throw it away. He's come through for you time and time again. Don't throw it away. And every time he comes through for you, you have confidence, right? You, you, you feel a little more bold. You feel like a little more like, man, I'm a winner. I can do this. Well, don't ever throw that away. So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Next verse. Patient endurance. See, don't worry about how long it takes. Don't worry about it. I'm on God's timetable. I'm in God's flow, not my own. I'm not I'm not getting out of God's flow and getting into mine. I'm just going to trust him. 
I'm just going to wait on the Lord. And so it says patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. So when you have patient endurance, you'll say, that's it. I'm still going to do it. What? I'm going to do the will of God. I'm still going to church. I'm going on a Wednesday. Come on, somebody. I'm still going. Listen, it doesn't matter because you have that patient endurance and you will still continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. See? If I do his his will, I stay on that track, then now I'm going to receive all that he has promised. And he's promised some things to you. He's promised some things to me. He's promised some things to our church. And nobody can stop it. And so we may as well get ready to just step into greater and greater and greater every single day because we've stepped into that position. Amen. Go ahead and clap for the Lord. Amen. The best is yet ahead for you and your family and the best is yet ahead for this church. We on God's mind. Ooh, that's a good that's a good place to be. And when God is saying, no, no, now I'm looking out for them. And if you know that God's looking out for you, you ain't got to look out for yourself. Just let God do what he's going to do. Amen. Praise God. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that the word went forth. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us provision, given us a building. You've given us awesome people here to serve you and cameras and everything's just working, Lord, because you said so. And we thank you that the word was able to be released and that lives are being touched even now. And maybe you're watching this, no matter where it is, where you are, when you see it, Jesus wants you to know he loves you. He wants you to invite him into your life and then give you a greater life. It's going to be a better life than you could have ever had on your own. But you need to just surrender and let him have it. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please and fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen.